Welcome to the newest episode of It's My Turn with Charlie Turner Thorne. I'm Charlie Turner Thorne, the head coach of Arizona State University women's basketball. I've been a head coach for 26 years, so I'm used to getting asked the hard questions. There's always a lot of pressure to win while developing the lives of our 18 to 22 year old women. The most challenging part of all this? Well, all of it. But now it's my turn to ask the questions while hopefully sharing a few nuggets of my own about leadership and building a winning culture. I am so grateful to have my friend and soon to be Hall of Fame Associate Press, Associated Press writer. I think it's been about 26 years. Ivy League graduate has covered women's basketball at every level from the Olympics to the WNBA to, of course, NCAA basketball. Recipient of the 2018 Mel Greenberg Media Award and uh, does some coaching himself. So, hey, thanks so much for being here, Doug. Uh, you're on the hot seat with CTT. You ready? I am. I feel like the, the tables are turned. Usually I'm the one asking you questions. So I'm excited. Exactly. This. this is, this is my, um, this is my little outlet of flipping the script on you guys. So I've been really enjoying it and uh, really appreciate you taking a little bit of time today, Doug. No, it's, it's my pleasure. It's, it's great. You're doing this. And I, I was thinking about this. I think we first met in 2009 in Las Vegas at a tournament when you guys were out there with, Baylor, Gonzaga, and Texas A&M at South Point Casino. The yeah. first time I met you live. So, wow. Okay, you, that's a good memory, and that was that was a good tournament. So it, it was. Um, I yeah, think we, it, it was we, an unbelievable tournament. It was, it was Brittany Griner's freshman year. You guys were really good. Uh, Kelly Graves was coaching Gonzaga at that point, and A&M right. was like I think the year before they won the title. So, like, they were right. good group up and coming. That was an unbelievable tournament in South Point yeah. Casino with, I think, the rodeos out there usually. So there was the rodeo smell, so to speak. So. <laughs> yeah, we had the uh, the trailer the trailer locker rooms and, uh, yeah, the, the sweet smell of uh, a fertilizer. But, yeah, that, and that was right after we had an Elite Eight year. Um, so we graduated five, you know, really, really standout seniors and – um, I mean, we came back and had a good year, but that was, that was a fun, fun tournament. So, all right. So I'm going to, I am going to flip the script a little bit here. And so Doug, you've covered so many stories over the last 26 years as a writer for Associated Press, big wins, huge upsets, breaking news. What was your favorite story and why? So let me say that's like asking me asking you who's your favorite player you've coached and why. And I know you don't want, I hate those types of questions. Just hey, you don't I want know, to upset anybody. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but, but but you know the why. You're such a thoughtful person with such vision. You know, I mean, obviously, again, you know, you you there's 20 games and, and situations you could reference. But, you know, just for today, maybe give us give us a quick story of, of one of your favorites. How's that? Sure. Well, let me let me okay. let me just give you a quick bio thing. I actually I started the AP in 1995, a week after graduating college at Columbia. And I first started I was I was on the baseball desk a dictationist. And the first story I ever wrote. So when I actually went out to cover a game it was a Yankees Red Sox game 
in September and I was a New Yorker. So I was a Yankee fan. So it's the first game I ever covered. It was like right before the playoffs, the Yankees could have clinched the playoff berth if the re- things had gone the right way. I'm nervous. I'm a 23 or 22 year old reporter going to Yankee stadium. And sure enough, there's a rain delay for hours. And it's the first story I ever wrote that I was covering as a game and it was Yankees, Red Sox, which in, in baseball lore is one of the biggest rivalries of all time, obviously. Right. That, right, that, right. That's the first story I ever covered. Um, and I guess that's my favorite. And just because it was the first, you always remember your first, but right. fast forward till 2007, when I first started covering women's basketball and I've been doing it for the last, I guess, 13 years now or so. I mean, there, there are so many, I mean, the, the Olympics is its own little category. I've covered, I've had the pleasure of going to the um, Beijing Olympics, the London Olympics, the Rio Olympics, and hopefully next year, the ones in Tokyo. So it's not fair. I mean, that's like, that's its own level. Like you're saying, uh, uh, right. covering something at the highest there is with the U S national team and, and the other national teams that that's not fair to say that's my favorite because that's just on its own being at the Olympics is my favorite thing to do. Um, if you boil it down, I mean, I've had the pleasure of covering the last dozen Final Fours. And, I mean, the one a couple of years ago when Arike Ogunbowale of Notre Dame hit the two shots, the one in the semifinals to beat UConn and the one in the finals to beat uh, Mississippi State, I think it was, um, like that, you can't top that. I mean, that that's two shots at the highest point of time to win the biggest on the biggest stage, that was an unbelievable experience having back-to-back buzzer beaters. So that's up there. But Charlie, you know me. I mean, the the, the thing I like, I, <laughs> I try know, to treat every yeah. every game the no, same you, in a sense. Like, yeah, you know, I, I, I know. I'd like whether I'm covering the Final Four, of the Olympics, or I'm covering Columbia, Harvard at, at Levy and Gymnasium right. in, in, in New York. I try the, to those kids. That's a big game. So. To me, that, that's and that's important. why, yeah. But that's why you've been so impactful, Doug, and we appreciate you so much because, you know, yeah. Of course, if it's a gold medal game or a Final Four game, you know, you know, it's exciting and 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 you know you're going to do a great job. But you know, if you're covering a high school game, you know, you're you're um, you're all in and you know you're 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 finding the story and you're you know relating it to people. And uh, by the way, my. My basketball son, I have three sons, and my basketball one loves Arike. James Harden Arike, he likes the, 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 um, the shot makers. <laughs> so he's, uh, yeah, he follows her now in the WNBA because he just thinks she's an unbelievable scorer. And that, that you know, that was, I, you know, obviously I was at that game too, and that was an incredible, incredible Final Four. Um, so, okay, moving on. Um, maybe, I don't know, this will be – I, I gave you tough questions, Doug, because you give me tough questions. All right. So you've seen the women's It's only fair, right? I mean, it's turnabout fair play. It's only fair. That's right. You've seen the game evolve over these past few decades um, for sure. And, you know, thank you and credit to you and the media coverage. It's grown, you know, in, in that time. Um, lots of journalists and particular sports writers are having to kind of redefine themselves, you know, with social media and social media platforms. Would you mind sharing with us your opinion on how social media has either helped or maybe in some ways hurt the growth of women's basketball and why? So I, I think it's, it's done both. 
I mean, I know it's sort yeah. of playing the middle, but you know, that's the AP. We're sort of straight down the middle, not to the left, not to the right so much. <laughs> I, I, I think it, women's basketball is still a growing sport. So it helps that more people can get exposed to it through social media in the sense that, I mean, the WNBA the last couple of years has had a deal with Twitter and Facebook to broadcast games. So, you know, it's tough. I mean, the Pac-12 has done a great job with their network getting games on TV that people can watch nationally, but there are games that people can't see. And through Twitter and through social media um, outlets, you can watch games, which I think helps the game grow. The more you can watch it, the more you get excited by it, the more you get into it, the more you can see it. So that to me is a plus out of what social media can bring. The minus where it hurts it, and again, this isn't just women's basketball. It's, it's just, I think, sports in general, life in general, is that there's a lot of negativity on social media. And there's a lot of, especially with women's sports and women athletes, there's the, the trolls, we'll call them, who go after them, which isn't fair and isn't right. And it's, it's, it's easy to sit behind a computer screen under a name that could be whatever you want it to be on your social media account and make negative comments. And there's no face-to-face. Like, I don't think those people would say the same thing to the athlete or to the team or to the coach or to the writer in person that they would say on social media. So... It's easy. It's instantaneous. Definitely I, I not. That's to be a negative. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that is so well said because there are there's a lot of haters, you know, and they're you know they're not fans of women's basketball, which is totally fine. You know, we all get that. But you know why why do you have to disparage something because you don't appreciate it? Yeah. And obviously, I I don't really pay much attention, but people that I know do, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, like my, my oldest son, man, you know, people things people say about women's basketball. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's all good. It's uh, it, a way, way of, I mean, like, you know, you get, you get emails or tweets at you like that. They take the time to make some negative comment. Like you could have spent that same time saying something positive, or you actually spent time thinking about what you can say. That's negative. Like, why would you want to do that with yourself? But right. Yeah. Who knows? I'm not we in the always, mind of a troll. We have a little, yeah, well said, Doug. We have a little saying in our program, hurt people, hurt people. So usually people that are doing that are just people that, you know, aren't in a good place and are struggling and, you know, so we don't give them a lot of energy. Um, okay. Um, we always enjoy talking about leadership on this podcast. And, you know, you have a big job, obviously, coordinating the women's basketball AP poll and covering game stories, you know, coaching, how do you continue to best lead yourself while handling your demanding schedule day in and day out? Doug Feinberg. That's another good question. Can I write these down next time I interview? I can ask you similar <laughs> questions because you're doing a great job with this as far as like hitting important points. Um, well, thank that, you. That's a great question. I mean, you, you know, like balancing time and you're, you're a mom, you're a coach, like you have a lot going on in your life. So try to figure out that, that balance of how you can still be a leader in every role you have and have, there's only 24 hours in a day. So you mentioned I coach, I've coached high school sports for the last 26 years. So as long as I've been even longer than I've been a writer, I've been a high school coach for uh, track and field and basketball. So it's figuring out the right way to balance it. And it is, I mean, Coordinating the poll is important. I, I always have to say this. I do not have a vote in the poll. So if you're unhappy where Arizona State is or another team that you support is, I actually don't have the power to say, hey, I voted that team where it is. We have a group of 30 voters <laughs> that assemble every year. 
that make those choices and I add them up and I compile it as you, as you so well said. So any complaints right. or, or praise, I appreciate it, but I actually have nothing to do with actually where teams fall. Um, but, but it is an important responsibility. I mean, people come to me, I'm the face of the pole, so to speak, as right. the associated press. Right. And, and it is important and trying to figure out how like to balance it and to make sure that the right teams are in there and the voters are the right group and the right mix of, of a diverse group across the country. Um, having females in there, I think is important. Having minorities in the polls is important. So finding the right mix of people who actually are voters is a huge responsibility and undertaking from my standpoint. So I find ways to sort of do that first. And then from my own life, trying to find that balance of like, you know, I, there's only 24 hours in a day and there are stories happening all over the, all the time, all over the world and finding, okay, you know what? I have to find time for myself to recharge my batteries or else listen, I'm not gonna be good for anybody. I would think. So you find the right way to do it, the right balance. And I, I, I like the responsibility. I like, I like, being the one that the buck stops here, so to speak, with the poll or with stuff at the AP and women's basketball at any level. So you find the right ways to do it. You find good people around you to support you and, and be energy givers, so to speak, as opposed to energy takers or draggers. I think a coach told me once. So that's vampires. what I try to we do. Call them energy, va- energy vampires, Doug. <laughs> that's new. I like that. Energy vampires. So you don't yeah. want to be a vampire. You want yeah. to be a, a giver of energy and, and such. Can't let people suck your joy. Well, that's that's awesome. I have just just a quick side question to that. With with you know, and and I'm glad that you clarified that for listeners. Like I, you know, you don't vote. You know, you do everything but that. You know, you assemble them. You try to get the best group you can. You know, you report it. But let me ask you this, Doug, because I think there has been a lot of criticism the last three or four or five years um, in in our women's basketball polls. You know that people vote sort of more their conference or self-interest or, you know, and, 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 or on, you know, reputations and stuff. So do, do you coach them up and do you, cause when I was the president of WBCA, our poll was so bad at one point, I actually had to send an email out to the voters to say, listen, if you don't want to do this, then don't do it. But it was very clear. People were kind of phoning it in. They either didn't give it the right energy or they were voting, you know, their self-interest. And so do you, and I know this is a little side question, I hope it's okay, but when you, when you were talking about that, it just, I was just kind of curious because, you know, so much weight is given to your poll, you know, in terms of the way people are perceived and, you know, through recruiting, you know, even through the NCAA selection committee, even though that's not really any of their metrics, we know that subliminally, right, you know, if you have a number by your name, you're going to you know, give, be given more credibility. And that's a great, I'm really glad you asked that. And and another one is on the ESPN crawl every night, there's a game. They show the top 25 teams in the AP poll that they list their scores. So it's the chance of like, again, recognition for recruiting forever. You can see at the bottom of the crawl, all the top 25 teams. So getting in the, in the poll and getting ranked is is important. That standpoint as well. It, 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 here's the simple version of it. So every week, Sunday night, the votes come in Sunday night and the Monday morning. I send out a fared to the 30 voters. So basically every top 25 team that played that past week, I will have what they did, win or lose. And I send that out as well as the next five teams in the poll. So numbers 26 to 30, 
what they did. So the voters have in front of them every Sunday night the top 30 teams and what they did each week. So if you know, listen, everyone's going to miss a game or two as far as like watching or seeing scores from. So it's there for them. So they can sort of say, hey, you know what? This team won both its games. This team lost both its games. This team split from that standpoint. So they, they hopefully have the information they need if they miss the game or two. Also, when they send their vote in, if I notice something which I think might be a little bit out of whack, I mean, listen, they're, they're human. We're all human. Mistakes get made. Maybe you put Arizona instead of Arizona State one time. I'm like, hey, you know, Arizona, I mean, they're very good right now. Coach Barnes done a great job. Maybe a couple of years ago, they weren't so good and they just clicked the wrong button or put, forgot the ST at the end of their thing. I'll say, hey, well, you know what? Arizona lost two games this week. Did you mean Arizona State? They went 2-0 and and beat two really good teams. Oh my God, thanks so much. I, I did meet Arizona State. I, I just cut and paste wrong, whatever it is. So it's sort of like a back check for that in case something seems amiss in my mind. And same thing in the preseason poll. If someone puts a team there that I don't think should be there, I'll, I'll just ask. I'll, I'll say to them, listen, it's your vote. It's your choice. But let me just double check. You meant to put this team in there. And usually get either, hey, you're right. Oh my God, I forgot that they graduated a couple kids. Or, you know what? I think they're really good. The, the coach is great. They have a great young group coming in. I said, hey, listen, you thought about it. That's all I ask. It's not just you're putting names out there. So that's kind right. of the two checks I have to make it more legitimate. And I'm not denigrating the coaches poll at all. The, the coaches take their time to do it. And they, there are probably some biases in there. But at least I try to make sure the voters are educated and that they at least check things. And I'm, I'm not perfect. I may see a team a certain way, but I'm not going to influence a voter. I'm just going to say, hey, make sure, is this what you meant? And then it's like, oh, my God, thanks for catching that is usually what I get from them. So right. that explains it for That's you, how there's sort of the check and balance of it all. I think that insight is really important for people. So thank you, Doug. And I think anybody that really follows women's basketball, um, you know, appreciates the AP poll. And, and I think the coaches poll, you know, we're just, it just depends on the year. And it's kind of it's kind of a little bit up and down and. Hopefully, I don't know, hopefully this year it can be a little bit better, but, you know, very grateful that we have the eight people, you know, where we have, you know, a lot of great writers and, and journalists and people that are, are, you know, don't really have a conflict of interest that can really look at things, you know, objectively and just say, hey, you know, this is, this is my, this is my 25, this is my 20. Right. And, and they so, have no dog in the fight, so to speak. I mean, they're not like, they don't get paid by the school to, to vote for them. They don't get paid by their paper or their TV station or radio station to vote for them. Like they're trying, they generally have an interest. They don't get paid by us to vote. Like they, it's really doing it out of their goodness, their heart or their recognition of being an AP poll voter, which is a big deal to a lot of people still. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I, we have taken up uh, more than more of your time than we had intended, but what a great conversation Doug, thank you so much. Thank you for all you do for our game. And um, you, we need you to keep taking care of yourself, okay? Don't let anybody suck your joy. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, because you wear a lot of hats, my friend, and, uh, and uh, do a lot for a lot of people in this basketball community. So we, uh, we wish you the best of health, and we appreciate you. And um, hopefully I'll, I'll maybe uh, see you down the road here. I hope so. I hope I can see anybody in this crazy world we live in right now. The first time I can get, get to I a know. game and high five a, a coach or say hello, give a hug, 
things that you take for granted. I think, I mean, yeah. off, the last time I actually covered a basketball game was your tournament last year in Vegas, the Pac-12. And that's the last time. And it was just pandemic was first starting to sort of get out there a little bit. And I remember us all being in Vegas, like thinking, wow, this not knowing what was around the corner, so to speak. And I look forward to going back and seeing you guys play again in the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas live, if not this year coming up at some point, hopefully the next year. Yeah, let's keep let's keep uh, our fingers crossed and praying for that vaccine, Doug. So, but in the meantime, stay safe. You too, Coach. Have a great season. Yeah, thanks so much, Doug. Okay, take care. Well, I hope everybody really enjoyed the great insight from Doug Feinberg, who clearly is a, a go-getter, <laughs> covering the, the, the Yankees and uh, Boston Red Sox as a 22-year-old out of college. Um, you know, and I think he just touched on a few things that I'll finish up with today. Is just, you know, um, it's so great to have sports back. And I think losing them, I just hope, gives everybody in our country an appreciation for you know, what, what they should be about and perspective, because we certainly, we touched on the haters, you know, through social media and, you know, just even in big time college athletics, the, the, uh, <laughs> the rude fans, the, the, you know, the, the angry people, you know, that players didn't get it done. Coaches didn't get it done. Why don't you have a number by your name? All these things that of course, everybody's working hard to meet the high standards and the expectations and win and have fun. But, you know, keeping this in perspective, um, to quote Brene Brown, you know, having a, a no shame, no blame, no judging world, you know, especially in the world of athletics would be, you know, I think tremendous growth for us in, in, in our current world today. I, I just feel like this should be an outlet. This should be a source of joy, um, win or lose. I mean, don't get me wrong. We don't like losing in, in, <laughs> in Sun Devil, in, in Sun Devil country. But at the same time, I do think the pressures on these young men and women in this day and age, and you know the mental illness that's come, it's kind of coincided with, you know, the social media noise, and uh, you know the expectations to like that are at the level of a pro athlete just because you're at a highly touted program um, have have at times been um, detrimental you know to to just the enjoyment of the game and the enjoyment for the athletes so I really appreciate Doug bringing that up and I just wanted to echo with him is just you know let's let's all try to (laughs) steer clear and, and not be an energy vampire ourselves and just really you know find find love and joy through our sport and uh, really keep it in perspective, you know, that it's just a game and it's a vehicle to help people and to grow when you don't get things done and to celebrate when you do, but it's certainly not life or death. And um, I know we're going into this season with that perspective and hoping to win a lot of games, but also have fun and, and keep things in perspective. So until next time, stay tuned. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of It's My Turn with Charlie Turnerthorne.